I've had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Thank goodness homework has come to an end for us. At least most of us. I think Troy's well, still yeah. still yeah. after who, some of that. Yeah. Man, who I'm glad those do days homework. are going. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're listening to Money Talks. I want to let you all know you can give us a call if you'd like to talk to a human being at Hensler Financial. You can call us 770-429-9166. You can also call our question hotline where you can leave a recorded message, uh, leave your your question, we'll play it back on the air and then answer right behind it. That an- that number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You can also email us, Dr. Gene at Hensler dot com, D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. Um, you can also go to our website. See us also on various social media. Absolutely. We have got a way that you can contact us if you want us. And you try just a little bit. You can probably get a hold of Hensler Financial. Should not be too hard. Not too tough. Anyway, uh, Jarrett, we got uh, probably good time to talk about since it is the middle of the year. That's right. Talk about a mid-year financial checkup. And uh, we do have kind of a situation we put Mm -hmm. together to talk about just that thing. Um, Wanted to... uh, A bit of a hypothetical here. I mean, you know, just like anything else... uh, tis the season for this mid-year financial checkup. And so something we kind of wanted to reiterate, as we we tend to do at some point uh, during the summer months throughout the year on the show, and to just kind of circle back around on some of this is more of a reminder than anything to some of you that that are are good about doing this on a regular basis. There's a number of clients we have that uh, love to to check in around this time of year to kind of see how things are going uh, and how they've done year-to-date and what the expectations are for uh, the remainder of the year. And so, you know, to sort of illustrate that, we do have a, a situation today here with Helen and George, uh, who, like many of you, are, are either uh, close to or already in retirement uh, and, and are looking to kind of make sure they're on track, uh, you know, retirement with it being so near in the future for them, uh, because Helen and George actually are not yet retired. Uh, they are looking to ensure that uh, what what their expectations are or were uh, when the year began are still on 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 pace and Jacob, on track. Know, uh, and so there's a number of different things when you're doing a mid-year financial checkup that you might want to consider, and uh, something Jacob that you know we we take a look oh, at often uh, this time of year. So the question actually, is from Glenn from Kennesaw. Says, uh, this year, "Should I make a non-deductible uh, IRA Because of the volatility we've experienced in the market so far, there's been a number of opportunities to, you know, let's say for instance, you know." Technically, a Roth may be out. Today. However, the IRS so a lot of our clients who uh, have to as a, a good amount of exposure to that, and like if you Helen don't have any other IRA, uh, it might be opportune time in to in a, in a trim some of that IRA back so that it remains uh, then you in appropriate would be eligible waiting within your portfolio. Make this and because you might not want to take IRA contribution. Uh, the gains that you would have uh, if they were in a taxable account and that you would incur if you sold them. What you can do and what we've been working to do with a lot of clients is trimming back some of these positions that have done well year to date. 
Crusade, deductible contribution uh, and then to selling an IRA, but then for immediately losses, specifically for losses uh, to some the of the ones, IRA. for instance, so in the consumer staples sector, which is the worst know, performing allow sector, those dollars to uh, then be in a, a tax-exempt uh, account. And, and uh, by and taking the losses in that sector, the fact that you can still get the gains those dollars into the Roth, I would say dialing back some of that IT doing the non-deductible IRA contribution. Otherwise, you run into a case where if you make non-deductible IRA contributions to a minimum IRA and make sure that now you're going to have some basis remaining in the IRA because those are after-tax dollars forming as expected because you know if you were to roll that 401k over you're going to run into a big tax bill tax deferred dollars so now back those different treatment of the dollars within your account become and that can make it difficult when you move employers but then also you know if you've got the ability which is i would say that you know one of is very sensible if you're going to do rolling conversion if you don't have any other IRA dollars then you're able to to harvest some of these losses which is a huge benefit and I would that say most correct people don't now. You cannot recharacterize. So if you were to do that now, but in fact, just know that you, know, you cannot recharacterize like those dollars oh, yeah, and go back like you used to be able yeah. to. Uh, but the, the Roth conversion is still allowable. Uh, exactly. And, and really of course, none of this has much impact yeah. on an IRA or Roth case. If you've got losses in there, it's just best to keep those kind of adjusted and weighted according to your yeah. strategy, your long-term strategy, always. Exactly. Uh, but if you've uh, if you've got those taxable accounts and you do have some losses, and guess how much? Uh, of the 500 stocks in the S&P 500, do you want to take a wild guess as to how many of them are negative year-to-date, even with the market up three and a third percent? Oh, let's do a prices right thing. Yeah. Me and you. Here we go. You want to go first? Yeah. Who's going to yeah, go I'll, Who's going to go the with first the first shot? Uh, right. let's see. I'm going to say 215. Wow. Ooh. Okay. That's what aggressive. I don't want to be lame and do like the $1 thing. Uh, yeah. 173 feels like a good number. 173. Wow. How about 238? Wow. We're talking Man. almost 47. That's a incredible. A little over 47.6% of the S&P 500 is negative. Wow. So far in 2018, however, the overall amount is positive. Yeah. Well, I would say typically we don't see it this this much of a a uh, difference between you know what's done well and what hasn't. There's a number of other items that uh, we want to do on the mid-year checkup. Uh, harvesting tax losses, and I know uh, Jacob's not a huge fan of selling consumer staples right now, but there is a strategy where <laughs> yeah. you can sell the individual names. Right. And what do you do? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, if we're optimistic on on what the sector may hold given its recent performance or otherwise, then when we do sell some of these individual companies to harvest losses to help us offset gains that we've taken for clients otherwise, what we'll we'll do sometimes is purchase a sector ETF, uh, which is going to kind of mimic the performance of that sector uh, while you await the passage of the IRS's wash sale rule. So, of course, you need to wait 31 days to buy the stock back after you've sold it for a loss if you want to recognize that loss on your tax return. And so, you know, as we were talking about before the break, if you were to sell some of the the top gainers in your portfolio right now in an effort to kind of dial them back and get them to an appropriate weighting uh, and try to avoid or at least minimize the tax bill, uh, what you could also do is, is some of these companies, which as we heard before, you know, uh, 
Troy brought up the fact that roughly half of the S&P 500 uh, is in negative territory this year. So it's a, a really unique, I would say, opportune time to uh, take some losses to help you offset the gains on, on these companies you're dialing back and uh, trying to bring back to that appropriate weighting and then waiting the 30 days to then buy back in at hopefully uh, an, an attractive price on some of those losers uh, so that you're still poised and positioned for uh, you know participation in a rally. And if that were to happen, uh, while you were sitting out on the sidelines, so to speak, uh, and awaiting that passage of the wash sale rule, that is why we would, in in a lot of cases, recommend that these sector ETFs be owned because uh, in the case of consumer staples, for instance, where uh, it has suffered probably more than it justifiably should year to yeah. date, uh, if we hung on to that because, let's just say, a lot of the companies that were sold for losses happen to be in that sector, well, that would allow you to have your exposure uh, while you're awaiting the passage of the wash sale rule and still participate in a rally if it bounced back. But, I mean, I, I happen to agree with Jacob. I certainly don't think now would be the time to to sell for uh, well sell some of these consumer staples companies because um, you know they they actually look pretty attractive they do after yeah. what's happened so so and and just in what you laid out uh, it, it actually does create kind of the the answer to a conundrum you sell mm-hmm. a stock that's got a loss you buy a sector ETF and you have a gain yep you're going to be taxed at your your marginal rate right on the gain yeah the gain because it's going to be short term if you sold before 12 months is up right that's true yeah and so you know that that is something to consider and keep in mind when you're doing it i think you know for the most part we're of the opinion that look if that does happen well some gains better than no gain, and while right. you might give up a little well, more in tax. That's the name of this game, right? Aren't we supposed to make money? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I mean, it, it does kind of stink that, you know, that is that is a conundrum that's brought about by doing that. But, again, I think, and the reason I've been trying to take as much advantage of this as I can is because we don't always see opportune times like this to be able to pull off a strategy like this. Because, for instance, last year, I mean, everything was up. Yeah, 21.8% at the end of the year. The S&P 500 doubled its normal average Mm -hmm. annual return. Yeah, so then you look, you got all these the same same problem, right? You got a bunch of companies that have done well sure. that you're overweighted in now because the price has driven up and you need to bring them back down to the target weighting that you have. Absolutely. But, you know, if this were last year, you you wouldn't have any losses to offset some of those gains and so then you'd be still needing to do what we're talking about here but not having the opportunity to minimize your tax bill. So when you do have these times come along, uh, it's really uh, an important consideration to make and see if it's something appropriate for you. That being said, there are a number of other things in a mid-year review that you might want to consider, and we won't touch on all of them today, but I will say that for those of you out there that do have a required minimum distribution uh, and have not yet taken it, uh, it is something to probably start thinking about now in the second half of the year, and, and maybe not only the best way to go about taking that, whether you're going to take some uh, yourself uh, to live off of, maybe you're going to journal some to a taxable account uh, so that you don't have to sell securities, or maybe you're going to give to a charity uh, so that you can avoid the, the tax liability on some of that distribution as well. That obviously needs to be taken before the end of the year. Otherwise, it's a 50% penalty on any amount that's not taken. So this is really when we kind of amp up our review of of our reports that show us who has and has not taken these requirements and start to to, uh, have discussions with them about 
what the best way is going to be to go go about uh, making sure this gets taken. Yeah, there's a penalty if you don't take that money, yeah, right? Yeah, 50 percent. Like I say, on any of the ouch. untaken portion. Uh, so it'd be 50, if you didn't take any of it, it'd be 50 percent on the whole thing. But if you who wants you didn't, to give away money like that? <laughs> that's a, that is a, probably a fireable offense around here. Any clients yeah. don't get taken uh, the, the the requirements. So it is, is certainly something that's important and needs to start being considered now so that at least you're not kind of forced or rushed into a situation at the year's end that will uh, maybe not not allow you to make an optimal decision with some of that money. So uh, just just start thinking about those things, uh, deadlines that will be coming up and, and anything else that might you know help you stay on track with your retirement and or uh, investment strategy is, is definitely something to Keep yeah. on your radar. Even if you're even if you're taking money out of the now, it doesn't really impact the tax situation. Doesn't impact um, your required minimum distribution as long as you take it within the year because you're taking it from a from a tax deferred account, right? Right. But um, not taking it obviously could impact you severely. Yeah. Well, sometimes I mean, look, if you've got a larger requirement, I mean, these things can affect other areas of your life. I'm sure uh, those of you that do have these, you've probably run into situations where you know, a certain level of income is going to affect your social security benefit. It could affect your Medicare benefits. So, you know, if that is going to be something that you need to consider, it's probably not going to be something you want to do the week after Christmas and figure out, okay, what's the best way to go about making sure this gets taken so that I can avoid the penalty, but also make sure I'm doing it optimally. And and so even if it is just that you don't want to take the full amount because you don't need it and can afford to maybe give some to your favorite charity, uh, that's even something to start thinking about. There's maybe a number of organizations you would be interested in, and that can help you keep your ordinary income low so that either you're not pushed into another bracket or, uh, you know, it doesn't impact these other areas of your life. Uh, not every day that you hear folks talking about that. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's take a real quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Stay woke. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.